the Basketball Doctors Podcast. My name is Marco Lopez. I am a doctor of physical therapy and certified strength conditioning coach. My name is Gabe Ignacio. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. Our goal is to empower our listeners with evidence-based information of all things basketball. That includes injuries, recovery, rehab, nutrition, sports performance, and training. We will be interviewing key influencers to help you become a more well-rounded athlete at any skill level. Now we have one question for you. Are you ready to ball for life? Let's get it. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Marco from the Basketball Doctors. Have you ever wondered what exactly mental health is? Do you experience mental roadblocks when playing games? Today, we have a huge episode with the Sports Psych MDs. They have a huge podcast, and they have a mental health practice here in Los Angeles, California. Thank you guys for taking the time to come on our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Uh, my name is uh, Dr. Armin. <laughs> um, I, um, no, I'm Armin Hose. I um, have been living in Los Angeles now for about six years. Um, I grew up in Washington, D.C., in that area. Um, and uh, been a sports fan my whole life. Um, I played um, football, basketball, ran track pretty much through high school. Um, and, uh, you know, as we were talking about earlier, I just, you know, I always had a, a really deep appreciation for sports just because of the, the values that it taught me, you know, just um, the values of hard work, um, the values of, you know, working together with others to achieve a greater good, um, you know, the value of hard, of uh, not just hard work, but dedication, you know, to a craft, dedication to, to a group of other people, um, to like a hierarchy and a structure. And, you know, after high school, I ended up attending the Air Force Academy, you know, military academy, and, you know, as an athlete in sports, they they really got me through tough times, like in basic training, you know, tough times, like, you know, throughout my military career, like when I deployed, you know, to Iraq and, and, um, you know, it, those are things that are just sort of like life lessons, you know, the stuff you learn on the, the field, uh, or on the, the court on the floor. Um, so when, um, you know, I decided to uh, attend medical school, um, you know, another kind of like hurdle, another mountain to climb, right? Like it, you know, it came back to those original principles of hard work, dedication, um, you know, just kind of trying to get the best out of myself that really got me through. So in terms of my career, you know, going into, into mental health, into psychiatry um, at a medical school, um, you know, I, I always sort of like wondered, could I, could I somehow like turn this love and passion that I have for, for mental health and, um, you know, for sort of like the medical practice of, you know, what we now refer to as, you know, um, mental fitness, you know, mental resilience and all that stuff. You know, how could I uh, convert that passion and then, you know, the passion I always have for sports and athletics um, into, uh, you know, how could I merge these two principles, right? Or these two worlds um, and, and the principles that they share in common. 
And that's what kind of led me to even consider this notion of sports psychiatry. And um, it turns out that one of my, uh, my good friends that I was in psychiatry training with, my residency with uh, out here, out here uh, at UCLA, Tori Trogio uh, to my left. I guess you're right. Um, it turns out that we, you know, had similar passions, similar experiences growing up, you know, in, in terms of, you know, being young athletes and, and really like having a strong appreciation for, for sports, being huge sports fans, um, and, and also kind of like wanting to, to create a career in mental health that allowed us to, um, to take the things that we learned in medical school and in psychiatry to make the lives of athletes and you know people who are performance better. It's just a, it's a passion that we both shared, and we had an opportunity opportunity to do this really um, pretty big presentation uh, to our colleagues. It's called a Grand Rounds uh, in residency. We, we got to do, the chance to do this together three years ago. Yeah, and it gave us an opportunity to really kind of like think of what were those core principles that we shared in common, both in terms of how we practice mental, um, mental health and, and as psychiatrists, and you know the principles that we could sort of develop as athletes, young athletes, and took into adulthood to help us through, you know, getting getting through stressful events in our yeah. lives and, and, and through through different different challenges that we had. Um, and so we developed a presentation. Uh, around that really just you know what we believe we could bring to um, the sports community as psychiatrists and through our research we learned of uh, a, a body of psychiatrists an international body of psychiatrists that have actually been doing this for for many years and kind of shaping a narrative around this um, and had like a textbook actually they they had written this is the International Society of Sports Psychiatrists so we got, we got connected to them um, and, you know, we sort of, you know, are, are finding ways to get sponsorship um, through our membership there. And then, you know, of course, now we've decided to deliver our message through this podcast, as you, as you mentioned, the Sports Psych MDs, just because, you know, we feel like it's a, it's a way of uh, reaching a, a wide audience, you know, and we both love to talk, you know, we both love to converse and, you know, just um explore ideas through conversation you know and and um it felt like a, a podcast could be a, a good way of, of like i said delivering this message and, and maybe you know, sparking dialogue among you know the public you know and and um well, ideally yeah getting getting uh i guess athletes and and you know people who love sports inspired it's already paying off as we're sitting here talking to you uh, yeah, my name is Tori Armin, what Armin said. Um, I've been out here in LA for five years as well, training um, in psychiatry. I'm actually currently my last year of training doing a child and adolescent psychiatry fellowship. Um, and then I'll be joining Armin out in the real world here uh, this summer. But yeah, just like what Armin said, sports was a huge part of my life. I learned pretty much every life lesson through sports, work hard, work as part of a team, work for the greater good. And that obviously is translated to who I am as a person, not only within my job, but in relationships as well. So know the value of sports, huge sports fan. I'm rocking the King Griffey Jr. jersey tonight. Um, but yeah, I love sports. And 
that's why how me and Armin bonded initially. We were talking trash about different sports teams and we had a lot of fiery debates and we're like, hey, I think there's a way we can mold this with mental health and psychiatry and Kevin Love news came out, DeMar DeRozan news came out, all these different things that's coming to the limelight. So why not use our profession, our, our specialties, our, our expertise in mental health to try to, I think what, what we want to do is attack that stigma within mental illness, of mental illness. And there's no bigger place where that stigma exists than this macho masculine arena of sports. So that was kind of, that's, that's where it all started and now we're here. So thanks for having us, man. Yeah, and you, you, you'll probably notice uh, if you listen to, like, if you get to the end of some of our episodes, is we always end it with, you know, let's end the stigma and continue the conversation. You know, that mantra has just been something that we've, we've really stuck by and, um, and we hope, hope resonates with every episode. And, you know, that's, that's the message that we want to, to really deliver. No, I think that's huge. Um, and talking about end the stigma, and I know you guys mentioned Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan. Um, can you tell us what exactly is mental health? I know a lot of people talk about it, but don't really talk about it. Um, yeah. So can you kind of give us like, uh, I know it's a huge topic. Can you kind of break it down for us that people that don't know what mental health is, you know, you just see it, you know, I think it just came alive after Kevin Love. I feel like it just resurrected, you know, and then DeMar DeRozan. Can you guys just break it down to us? Like what exactly, like the common mental illnesses, disorders for us? So I guess when I, I think about mental health, so you think about mental health and physical health, we don't see those as two separate entities. There's huge overlap. Anything that affects your physical health will affect your mental health and vice versa. But when I think of mental health, I think of um, being able to function or being able to um, pursue whatever fulfills you without having your behaviors, emotions, or your thoughts get in the way and without suffering essentially, because a lot of times we are our own worst enemies and our, our thoughts can get in the way, our negative emotions can get in our way, and certainly our behaviors can get us into trouble. So I think mental health is, can be, in, I think in our minds, conceptualized something much greater than just like major depression disorder or a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. It's much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things we try to promote in, in this show is that um, you know, mental health on, on one hand can be looked at as like the absence of illness, right? Just, you know, or, or the treatment of illness in, in the resolution of symptoms and kind of bringing someone back to a baseline, you know, as you know, Tori mentioned, maybe suffering. But another way to look at mental health is it's, you know, the pursuit of of wellness, you know, pursuit of, of something, as we talked about before, you know, greater, you know, than where you were originally, you know, where you started. And, um, you know, that's something that we, we believe can, can happen with a, a program that's dedicated to optimizing your mental health um, or optimizing, like, you know, what we refer to as resilience. Um, Resilience is huge when it comes to mental yeah. health. Yeah, definitely. What is, what is resilience? 
How would you guys describe resilience in regards to mental health? Can you guys explain to that? Mm -hmm. sure. I think the, the easiest way to explain it is like that bounce back ability. The, so life is filled with stressors and sports, you, you hit head on oftentimes with those stressors. So it's the ability to withstand those. And maybe that means you take an L, you drop a path, you miss a, miss a dunk shot, um, you have an injury. Are you going to learn from that, those mistakes? Are you going to learn from that injury? And are you going to be able to bounce back and maybe get to a better place than where you were previously? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it can be boiled down as simple as that. I don't know what you're Yeah, are. absolutely. I mean, that, that's, I, I would say, a, one really uh, significant perspective on resilience. Um, I think another perspective on resilience is resilience, like, in performance, you know, like, in real time. We refer to it a lot in our podcast, um, you know, this, this notion of kind of getting into the zone, you know, and, and being able to sort of like master the moment, right, um, in competition. And that just kind of comes, you know, sort of that mama mentality, right, that, you know, just a strong work ethic, mm -hmm. dedication, um, but, you know, preparing the right way, of course, you know, and, and learning how to be in the moment, not allow distractions, you know, to kind of take your ability to kind of seize the moment from you and and these are things that we believe can can be learned and, and improved and mastered you know through sort of like a mental health and sort of wellness program yeah i think and probably you can attest to this resilience is key not only to men mental health but also physical health yeah yeah it all works together and and it's like armin said that's something that could be fostered not everyone comes out of the womb with resilience. No, I think it's huge. I think I love the whole point of like physical and mental health are just combined together and have to go hand by hand. I know you guys mentioned, you know, bouncing back, missing a layup, or even, you know, we're always going to face stresses and either we're going to view the, the L's as losses or lessons. What do you guys mention as a like common mental roadblocks or common issues basketball players face i know kevin love came out you know demar derozan came out what do you guys see that are common within the basketball population or just in general athletes yeah well i mean you know with basketball of course it, it's that it's that one sport and if, if i want to you know take it from the perspective of a professional uh, basketball player like it's the sport where you're going to kind of you know have I, you know, the most eyes on you or the, or the strongest kind of intensity. Oh, yeah. uh, You're out there of, in tank tops. You're, you don't have helmets on. Pressure and, you know, just kind of like, um, yeah, there, there's, there's, first of all, there's fewer players on the, on the floor um, or, you know, in competition together at, at the same time. So, you know, uh, less of a kind of a distribution of responsibility and, blame you know so to speak uh and then like tori said i mean your uniform is completely different like you're completely exposed you're out there like you know these are huge indoor stadiums you know so the noise is just really kind of packed in it can, it just gets it's it's a really intense atmosphere i don't know if you've been to like one of these games out can get especially the playoff you know atmosphere it's, it's intense at the free throw line yeah and, and you know, so just, it, it's this immense pressure, um, such a high pace, you know, it's very fast pace, faster pace than obviously, you know, most other sports. And 
Um, so little room for error. Um, and I think basketball more than anything else, you know, is all about momentum and, you know, obviously, you know, these runs. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that one of the biggest things you have to be able to master in a game like that is this notion of just, you mentioned bounce back ability, right? But just being able to sort of just like, you miss a shot, you have to just, you know, leave it in the past and move on, you know, because um, basketball is a lot about balance in, in terms of your performance. It's about just sort of kind of trying to stay even keel. This mm -hmm. is what we talked about with Steph Curry. And one of the reasons why he's such a great shooter is because, you know, he doesn't get too high, too low. You know, you've heard these things before. He relies on that muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he, he generates a lot of momentum when he's kind of running around the floor and, and he puts all this together. But if he were to always be worried about missing that, the, the, the shot that he just took, you know, it's going to be really hard for him to stay in the moment. Mm -hmm. So we think that, you know, just that mental flexibility um, is, is a really key ingredient for a basketball player. And if, if you zoom out from the individual, I think that one of the beautiful parts or beautiful things about basketball is it it's like the ultimate team sport you have five guys out there especially now in the nba where it's almost positionless you have five guys out there usually from five totally different backgrounds you got people from all over the world all over the globe you got individuals here in the states that a lot of them come from a background of trauma uh dr william parham who's actually the um, director of the mental health program for the Nat national basketball players association he calls it invisible tattoos so you're dealing with a lot of these individuals who have come from these different backgrounds with their own issues, and now they're all together on this, this big stage trying to, to work together for the, the greater good, and everyone has their own personalities, their own baggage, and how, how does that work together to, to get, get a win, to win a championship? And that's the most fascinating part about basketball. Because no, no one would have guessed Kevin Love would, would have an anxiety disorder, a panic, panic attacks, until that happened during the game. I, I remember, if I remember correctly, he got a lot of flack from, from teammates who thought he was like leaving at halftime of the game and giving up on them. But he was struggling with a legitimate um, mental illness at the time. So yeah. there, there's so many different ways we can kind of think about this. And you know, another thing that comes to mind too with basketball, and, and there, there, there are some other sports like this, like you know, hockey comes to mind, there's a couple others, but um, you know, it's unique in basketball, where you have to really kind of switch on and switch off in terms of, you know, playing both ends of the, the court, you know, the floor where you go offense, defense, you have to be able to kind of like flip that switch, like, you know, very, very quickly. And if you miss a shot, you can't sulk it. You, you know, you have to, and yeah. And so you, you really, the mental flexibility, you know, again, it, it really comes down to having that uh, in that type of scenario, you know, but also I think, just really understanding that with just hard work, you know, you can really impact the game just, just with just that work ethic. You can really impact the game in basketball in a way that you can't in like a game like football or, um, you know, baseball, for example, yeah. because you can always just intensify your level of playing defensive mm -hmm. end, and that's going to have a direct, you know, reciprocal yeah. relationship with, you know, how the, the offensive end is going to Oh. There's only so much a wide receiver and then a Falcon do. He's yeah. getting the ball thrown to him. Right. You know, so an individual player can really dictate 
things just by switching up the tempo, you know, his level of intensity. Yeah, you saw this a few years ago when Andre Iguodala won the uh, finals MVP. It's not like yeah, he was yeah. out going out there scoring 30 a game. He was playing defense, offense, everything. Yeah, and, and when Kawhi won, you know, his MVP against LeBron back in 2014 in that final series, you know, that's what it was. I mean, that's why he was awarded that, that championship, or excuse me, that, uh, that award, that MVP award, because, I mean, statistically speaking, his, his numbers didn't jump out at you, you know, as far as the points and all that. But, but when you look at just the impact that he had defensively and how he kind of neutralized the problem a little bit, it was the game-changing. You know, and, and that's when the ego gets in the way for a lot of these guys, because how many guys want to do things that don't show up in the box score in order to win? Everyone wants that highlight dunk, that game-winning shot. Everyone wants a chance to hit that game. Whether you saw an NBA All-Star game recently, um, which was fun, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to touch back a little bit more on the mental flexibility that you guys mentioned. I know, for example, myself. You know, when I would play, I'd miss a. I was more of a, like a three-point specialist. I was a shooter, but if I missed my first shot, it stays in my head. I'm like, damn. You know, why did I miss it? And that sets the tone. But if I make my first shot, I'm like, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to miss. Can you talk about that a little bit? I know I read a lot about Kobe, and I think there was this famous quote that Kawhi actually mentioned. He was like, Kobe actually told him, he was like, how many shots have you taken, the most shots you've taken in, in a game? And then Kawhi said 19. And then Kobe said, I think, like 47 or something. <laughs> and he was like, you got to keep on shooting, you know? And the whole thing's like, you know, shooters shoot, you keep on shooting. But Tell us, because I know a lot of players, high school players, athletes, they're afraid to take the shot because they might think they're going to miss, you know, mm-hmm. or they're afraid to take the shot because, you know, their their uh, teammates might think they're a ball hog or, you know, and the whole mental flexibility, they miss one shot and then they're like, they start getting mad and you'll see them running down. Defensively, they do a horrible job because they're still thinking about that previous play. Can you touch on like some things they could work on or what do you kind of recommend or what's the whole process behind that? You know? Yeah, and I think it all starts with before, obviously, before the game starts with that practice, that preparation. Yeah. Like you said, you're a three point specialist. So I imagine you're practicing that shot constantly. You're getting shots up day and night, and you know that you can make that shot. You can hit that three pointer. So it's about having that confidence that you can hit that shot and not letting a missed shot get in the, get in the way of that confidence. And you mentioned, yeah. like, what you were talking about is momentum. Once you hit that first shot, you're creating that momentum. Um, but more importantly, when you miss a couple, how do you rely on that confidence, that security you have in that three-point shot? Because that three-point shot's not going anywhere. That that muscle memory you have, that physical ability to shoot that three-point shot, nothing's changed. So it's, you're at that point, you're getting in getting in the way of yourself with your thoughts and with your that, that soon affect your feelings. You start thinking negative thoughts, then you have negative feelings, and that's going to affect your physical abilities as well. So it's about how do you stop that. And I don't know if you want to touch on that. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough, you know, and, and I totally understand you know, where you're coming from when you say that, yeah, that, that first shot you, you really hope is going to go down, right? Because, hey, like Kobe says, I mean, you, you've done so much in practice and you've done it, you know, a thousand times in practice and, you know, it should go in the first time when you're out there in the game because, hey, you prepared all day, you know, for, for you know, weeks for this. Um, and so you're kind of like immediately asking yourself, you know, well, why, why did this not go down? And, you know, and that's, that's the problem, 
really. You know, I mean, the problem is that you're asking yourself that question rather than focusing on the next play. You know, and, and that's what I think, you know, we have to start, you know, we, we sort of promote in, in our podcast and, you know, what I think it's important to, to, to talk about as a, you know, as a coach, um, as other players, when uh, your, your shooter misses a shot, it's, hey, you know, don't think about it, like move on to the next play. Uh, and th this, you had an opportunity, right? And it was a missed opportunity, but just, you know, there's going to be other opportunities yeah. throughout the game. I think it, for just that individual who misses that shot, like, like you said, you start off the game, you miss a shot. I think just taking a reset, taking a pause, and that's, it's all about being mindful, having mindfulness. Yeah. So mindfulness means just taking a step back, just taking kind of stock of what's going on, observing the moment. You're completely in the moment. You're focusing on what you're doing at that time. So it distracts you from all these ancillary thoughts when you, you bring yourself to the moment and you're not judging the moment. Yeah. So you're not judging yourself for missing that shot. And the simple, like there's different mindfulness exercises you could do. So the, the number one thing we would recommend is to, pra to practice mindfulness, yeah. just like you practice that shot. So you can get to it in the game really easily. So different mindfulness practices, you'll see people do this before they shoot a free throw to kind of orient themselves. Take a deep breath, take a few deep breaths, um, maybe do a grounding exercise uh, where, and you're not necessarily gonna do this in the game, but you can do it as part of a practice. Um, name five things you can see, uh, name four things you can hear, name three things that you can feel, mm -hmm. name two things that you can taste, and one thing that you can um, smell. So these are different practices that you can do. The techniques. Techniques yeah. that can allow your mind to um, be able to take a pause and get yourself out of your own head and put it back into the moment. And once you're in the moment, that's when you can continue on to perform at peak. Yeah, because you want to bring, you want to be able to to know that you have the ability to to just kind of focus on what you you choose to focus on, and so these techniques kind of get you know, get that rhythm going mm -hmm. for you. You know, so now it's like I can control my focus. And, you know, I think that just kind of gives you a little bit of internal confidence, you know, mm -hmm. that, that you can now kind of seize the moment, kind of recenter yourself. Because yeah. the goal is ultimately, once you start having these thoughts, to stop yourself and then get back in that flow state, get that momentum going where you don't even have to think about it. Your body's just acting and reacting based off all the preparation you put in. Um, other techniques that we always preach are gratitude, taking a moment to be grateful. Hey, I'm, I'm out here playing basketball. Um, yeah. If I'm in the NBA, I'm making a lot of money to play basketball. Yeah, um, yeah and, and honestly, we can't emphasize enough, like, the, the importance of reinforcement, you know, and just, you know, really um, every day, you know, challenging yourself to, to practice these things, to, to be in the moment, um, to stay prepared, you know. Um, and it's not, these aren't things that, you know, we would encourage someone to do, like, around game day right um or you know in the days leading up to the game like it's it's an everyday thing you know when you're, when you're doing it every day and you develop that sort of rhythm that pace that dedication you know and commitment that's when it really starts to come together and you know for those that kind of have this mindset that you can just kind of get into rhythm just kind of 
out of you know the clear blue sky, no preparation, you're always going to be disappointed. You know, I think when you really look at the greats, you know, the LeBrons of the world, the LeBron's Stephs. Good. He's partnering with that Calm app right now. Yeah, so LeBron's yeah. All mindfulness. I mean, when you look at those guys, like you know, they bring it every night. Every time they step on the floor, they're giving it to you, and it's because you know that that's their mindset. It's not. It's not like just when you know the you know the TV when it's a t- televised game. You know, not when it's just like a home game and around my family and friends. It's like every, whether road game, day, night, weekend, it doesn't really matter. Like they're always going to be trying to, you know, play at their maybe, best. Maybe now on the defense then. Well, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, it, it's, and we didn't actually, I, I don't think we gave enough uh, um, time to this notion of gratitude. Because I think gratitude really is the special sauce um mindfulness is great and i think you can practice it and you can be at it and and i think it can definitely buy you um a lot in terms of being able to, to focus your energy and mm-hmm. your skills control your thoughts but i think that what gratitude is is is, is going to do when you master that you know that ability to just sort of like like appreciate even having the opportunity right that is what provides the balance. And that's, that's what also provides the ability to maintain that positivity, even when you're in a slump, yeah. right? Even when like things are not going right. It's not just you miss one shot, but you miss several shots. Now it's like, okay, you know, you might even hear boos from the fans, you know, your, your teammates aren't passing the ball anymore. The coach may, may bench you, you know, yeah. like at that point, there's no po- there's no external rewards, right? There's no positive reinforcement coming from elsewhere. You ha- it has to come from within. Yeah, that's the ultimate goal. And it's as simple as if you have a positive outlook, yep, you're you're grateful. You're gonna think, oh, this next shot's more likely to go in. Then vice versa, you have a ne- negative outlook. You're like, oh, I'm not gonna make this next shot. So you're less likely to shoot it. And like Kobe Bryant said, I mean, what was what's the other saying? You you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That you don't take. Yeah. So that that gratitude, sense of gratitude, that positive outlook is going to push you forward to continue to to take the shot. Yeah, and we believe when when you do these things, it's you know mindfulness practice, you know the reinforced, um, systematically dedicated, you know you practice the right way, prepare the right way, you do it with gratitude, it's kind of the cornerstone. We believe that this is kind of the pathway to resilience, you know, um, to really building resilience. And mental flexibility is sort of like, you know, a way, a representation, a representation of uh, resilience, you know, on, on the court, in the in game. Nice, I like that, uh, the point that you had, Armin, on regarding mental flexibility, resilience, and you guys touched about the, the topic on, I think, I don't know who said it, but you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, right? And I know you guys mentioned gratitude and the whole like sensory awareness. What are some tips that you recommend people to, you know, basketball players to do? I know you guys mentioned every day they got to start doing it. What are your, I know you mentioned gratitude, just awareness, just so they can start training their body, especially now that it's off season for a lot of high school athletes. And for the college players that are listening, even maybe the NBA players that are listening, it's during the season. What are some key tips that you guys uh, really want to have them do to kind of improve their mental uh, 
toughness, not toughness, but preparation per se, improve their mindset. Yeah, I think um, I'll jump in a, a couple. I guess the easiest one I've had success with the, with the people I work with is, is deep breathing exercises. Obviously, that's going to be hard to do during a game, but I think it's great for um, just at home or during practice just to be able to get in that mindset because it's one of the few things you can do that actually affects your body directly. Like if you take, I don't know, six to 10 deep breaths, it actually slows your heart rate up to 10 beats. So it's easy. There's different exercises. You can do the four, seven, eight, which is take four seconds, a deep breath in for four seconds, hold it for seven and out for eight seconds. And you repeat that about 10 times. And it, I'll tell you, it puts you in a nice relaxing mode. That's, that's one of the quickest and easiest exercises different ones. Like I mentioned the five, engage all senses all at once. I mentioned the five different senses and you go down that. That's another grounding exercise. Progressive muscle relaxation. Progressive muscle relaxation where you kind of systematically flex your biceps, different muscles, and then you just relax them and you notice, because we hold a lot of our stress and, and anxiety and, and actual physical tension, muscle tension. So when you flex your muscles and then purposely relax them, you notice, wow, I was, I was tense. So that's a different one. And, and as simple as is taking a walk and just observing everything you see. Um, these are all moments where you're being mindful, you're grounding yourself, you're put, bringing yourself into the moment. And over time, you gain a sense of control over your thoughts, which is the easiest part, which then allows you to gain a sense of control over your emotions, which is difficult. And then that also helps with behaviors because thoughts, uh, feelings, and behaviors are all intertwined. And that's kind of where it starts. Yeah, and it also, um, I think one of the reasons why it does work is because like, like by the time we're, we're you know, a, a trained and conditioned athlete, like we're, we're using our, our minds on such a high level, you know, in competition and, and performance that I think we, we kind of, we, we lose focus on um, the appreciation for just where it all kind of starts, you know, just like what the root of it all is um, in terms of how we go from, you know, just like using our bodies um, to as children, just kind of like feel around, you know, and like learn our environments, you know, when we're like literally like, you know, um, babies just, you know, using our environment, using our senses, our five basic senses to kind of just like, um, you know, find our way and explore. and explore and how that was like the beginning of shaping our mind, you know, shaping our spatial awareness, shaping our understanding of like our bodies, our weight, the weight of our bodies, the strength, our strength, you know, and, and how we developed a comfort level with our surroundings, right? It was just through our, our five basic senses and and that's where it all started, you know, and, and I feel like that's what some of these techniques do for us is it kind of takes us back to, you know, like our, the beginning, you know, when, you know, we were kind of all just really starting this whole process of, you know, becoming, you know, an athlete and, um, you know, kind of gives us, gets us back to this safe place, you know, this kind of like internal sanctuary um, where we kind of have a certain, certain sense of peace, certain sense of, you know, just freedom, you know, and stuff like that. I think that that's part of why, you know, meditation can be so powerful. Um, yeah. Meditation is like that 
kind of taking mindfulness to the next level. So there's, there's a lot of apps out right now. Um, LeBron's partnered with the Calm app, which has so many different mindfulness exercises, things related specifically to sleep. There's, there's Headspace, there's Waking Up, there's all these different apps dedicated to mindfulness that can be really extremely helpful. Armin mentioned earlier, gratitude, um, gratefulness practices, as simple as like jotting down five things a day that you're grateful for, whether that's your spouse, um, the weather outside, your ability to walk, just doing that nightly is allows, gives you that positive mindset, which we mentioned before, opens you up to more positive things in life. Um, so those are some really tangible things you can do. Practice mindfulness, practice grounding, deep breathing, practice gratefulness. And it kind yeah. of goes from there. I mean, believe it or not, man, it's really just all about, you know, really developing a certain amount of comfort with just being in your own skin, you know, being in, in, in your own space, appreciating your body, you know, appreciating, you know, your, your, your abilities, your strengths, your talents, um, and just getting in touch with yourself. Like that's, that's really what it's about, you yeah. know, believe it or not. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause when you're being mindful, you're, you're getting in touch with your own thoughts and feelings. So you, you get a better understanding of who you are and that allows you to communicate how you're doing to other people a lot easier. So if you are someone like Kevin Love and you're struggling with a lot of anxiety you can, and you don't know what that is, if you don't have any, an outlet for it, it'll result in a panic attack. But if you have an outlet for it, it's not going to result in a panic attack. You'll get ahead of it before it becomes that. So the NBA is doing a great job and it's going to trickle down in the college. I know the NCAA is doing a great job as well. And they'll trickle down into high school and, and even before that of having people that are educated on the staff and having players that are educated to know when to seek help. And yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think it starts with gratitude and mindfulness and, and eventually over time it, it builds from there. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think it's huge. I'm actually doing that gratitude challenge where every day I write three things, what I'm thankful for. And it has to be different each day. And it's kind of crazy how there's one day, you know, I remember last week on Friday, didn't write anything and then went to work, did my stuff. And I was like, man, I felt weird. And it was because I wasn't in that little routine, the gratitude routine. Um, I have a quick question for you guys, because I know a lot of, I, I myself used Calm. I've done some meditation and I've spoken with some, you know, players. I kind of tell them like, yeah, try some meditation, you know, try that Calm app, you know, just get your get feeling like you said kind of get in tune with your thoughts and one thing that always comes up and it comes up with myself you know we're trying to get into this meditative position but there's always these thoughts flying through our brain you know and some people I've spoken with some people I just wanted to get your take in they say you know acknowledge your thoughts but don't let them control you because I know it's kind of hard to get into that spot like that complete zone so what are yeah. your thoughts on those because I Everyone's like, I try meditation, but it's so hard to, you know, really meditate or really be calm. What's your advice for those first time meditate people yeah. that are trying to meditate? It's really difficult, you know, and it's just like, you know, kind of like learning how to ride a bike or, you know, yeah. like learning how to play basketball for the first time and, and, you know, trying to become great. I mean, it's not going to happen, you know, day one. Um, you know, it's just, it's going to take practice. It's going to take preparation, hard work. Um, and what you want to be looking to do is just kind of get better, right? Every, every day, every week, right? Um, 
every month, just challenge yourself to kind of keep getting better at it, but you have to, you know, stick to it. Yeah, it, it um, takes a long time. And I like what you mentioned. You don't judge the thoughts. Yeah. You don't try to stop them. I think that's the most important. That, a lot of people like my, oh, my brain's going to go completely blank and I'm not going to think, no, that's, that's not realistic. You, your thoughts go a mile a minute and the, the idea, there's different schools of thought, but I think my, how I think what's best suited is you allow those thoughts just to happen and don't judge them. Don't try to stop them. Maybe you follow a thought as it goes through, but you, it's, yeah. try, it, that's the whole basis of mindfulness. You, you allow these thoughts to come out, but you don't put any judgment on them. So you prevent yeah. that when you have a negative thought, that creates a negative emotion and that then that cycles over and reinforces that negative thought. So the, the idea is you have that thought, but you don't judge it. So you don't have that negative emotion and then it loses fuel. And eventually over time, you have more and more control over those thoughts. Yeah. Cause you know, the judgment that you're hearing is, is really the voices of, you know, of other people, you know, or, or your, you know, your projections of, of other people, um, you know, and, and just like, you know, it's kind of succumbing to, to the pressure. I and mean, that's what it's, that's what it, what it really reflects, you know, is like, it's pressure forces, right? Um, and what you want to be able to do is have the only narrative that you're hearing be your own, own narrative rather than, you know, the voices of, of, of others or the voices of, of something negative or defeating. But sometimes people's own narrative is the most negative. Well, and, and that's the thing. And, and so, you know, I, I really feel like through mindfulness, and, and, and gratitude, you know, for the balance of the two, what you, what you should learn to do is to be only focused on the next move, you know, not focused on what just happened, you know, or what's gonna happen a week yeah. from now, but you know, the very next move, the very next play, right? Yeah. And, and when you can get to that, that point where you're just kind of keeping that type of focus and what you have to do mm-hmm. in, order to make, in order to create the best yeah. outcome, for that next play, you know, in other words, making your next move, your best move, then I, you know, I think things can work out. Yeah, because at the end of the day, a thought is, is just a thought. It's the feelings that are painful and cause suffering, and it's the behaviors that get you in trouble. But a thought is just a thought. So if you're able to just have a thought and not judge it and not get a reaction out of it, then it, it'll stop there. Yeah. Damn, yeah, no, I like that. I think that's really going to help a lot of people in just meditating, because I feel like I myself has been, I'm guilty on that. I tried it and then I stopped and I tried it again, but I never stick with it. But I think this is good for everyone. It's just, you know, it's like playing a game. You got to get better at practicing, practicing. And I want to touch on the, uh, this point. I think this is a fun little question uh, before we kind of start ending it, wrapping it up. But I know you guys talk about focusing on the next move and the next play. So let's give you the scenario. You're, you know, you're a college basketball player. Uh, you guys are down two points. You get fouled. You're in the free throw line. There's only two seconds to go. You're you're an opposing team, road team. You're in, I think, I'd say one of the worst playing environments. I, I can't imagine playing against Duke, you know, with their fans being a small arena, screaming at you. In that, that, that arena is great. Man, so. <laughs> it's crazy, huh? I mean, I've never been, but it just looks amazing on TV. Everyone's just jumping up crazy. Those guys are just screaming for you to miss that shot. What's now that you guys, you know, have gone through your studies, you know, are experts in your fields, let's just take it back. What would you say, you know, let's say you guys are shooting that free throw. What would you do or say to yourself to kind of make those free throws? Because you practice those free throws. Let's say you're at 80, 
I'd say 87%. You're not perfect, but there's 87% chance you're going to make it. What, what do you recommend for that player now that you guys, you know, know yeah. everything about the whole mental approach, you know, resilience? What, do you, what are you going to do once you step into the free throw line? Are you going to do that muscle relaxation? I want to kind of see both of you guys' different take. You know? what, are you gonna, what are the steps that you're going to take to make that free throw? So I think for me, like, like I mentioned before, you've already done what you're going to do at the free throw line in practice every day. Mm -hmm. So what, whatever your ritual is, you step up there, you take as many dribbles, maybe you take a nice deep breath. Maybe you have a little mantra you say to yourself, I yeah. got this, something positive, something to create See, that so you have to, you have to definitely, yeah, I mean, so first and foremost, you have to find a way to get to that point of focus where you're able to control what you're thinking about and you're not being influenced by all these other distractions, right? So this is, you know, we talked about resilience. Um, if you've really been practice, practicing, you know, these mental fitness exercises and routines and you've mastered these strategies, at this point now, you, you, you should be feeling like you've been here before, right? That this is, mm -hmm. this is not the first time you've been in this situation. Because that, you know, that's the kind of thing that is going to create some tension. Right. If you if you've never had this type of experience before, you've never really practiced and prepared to be in this and, moment. And that means you could visualize. We didn't touch on that, but visualizing yourself. And we do this as kids all the time, hitting that game winning shot. You two yeah. um, but you visualize that. You're at the free throw line. You gotta make both these shots to win the game. You're in you're at the you're at the the Cameron crazies are yelling at you. Yeah. You, maybe you've, you've gone over this scenario in your head before, not the specific one, but being at the line when the pressure's on. You've visualized this. Yeah. So like Armin said, you've been there before. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, if, if you have practice and have prepared, it is going to have, you know, help, develop, help you develop some confidence, right? Um, and it's going to, to help you, you know, kind of feel like, you have something that you can immediately just kind of convert into, right? In that moment, it just becomes like automatic, right? It's not like something that you have to kind of think a whole lot about or prepare, you know, a whole lot for. It's just like, all right, this is my routine. And once I, you know, once you've established a routine, then the moment you start things start clicking into place in terms of all the things that go along with that routine, right? The, the mental focus, right? Um, and again, if you've done it enough times, you've developed that resilience, then, um, you know, it should kind of become, I think, like autumn. Um, muscle memory. Muscle memory, you know, because it really has to happen. The outcome has to have sort of taken place in a sense before that moment, right? Because if, if when the moment happens that you're in a situation you just described and you're already worried, you know, about like the what ifs, you've lost, you've already lost, you know, like you, you kind of have to conquer that moment before mm -hmm. the moment comes. Yeah, and then this reminds me of, I, was, I'm a, I went to Indiana University, I'm a huge Hoosier basketball fan. Oh, yeah. I watched them play today. They have a freshman, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, who, who may go into the NBA draft this year. Um, his father was Dale Davis, Indiana Pacer, great. Yeah. They were come to at Illinois, which is a tough place to play, the assembly, the assembly hall in Champaign. And with 
maybe about 20 seconds left, 10 seconds left, down two. He got fouled. Two shot. He had two shots. He's a 70% free, free throw shooter. Freshman, tough environment. What did he do? He missed both of them. So in that situation, I'm hoping that's a learning experience for him because now he's been in that environment. So maybe he's visualized it before, but he's never actually physically been there. But now he's physically been there. And hopefully he can learn from that and not kind of dwell next time he goes to the free throw line and think about, well, last time I was in this position, I missed the shots. Hopefully he can take something positive out of it. So that's where gratitude comes into play. So even if you failed at one point, you see the good in that. It's like, well, I've been there before. Exactly. Yeah. You, again, you control the narrative. And I know maybe at that point in time, I realized my heart rate was skipping. I didn't, I didn't do my ritual correctly. I forgot to take an extra dribble. And he's learning from his mistakes instead of dwelling on his mistakes. Yeah, because, you know, I, I think every great athlete has had a, a, a moment where they weren't as great as they wanted to be, you know, where they failed. They missed the game of shot. They missed, you know, I mean, every great athlete, including the great Michael Jordan, you know, has that story. Um, and I think what makes the difference is that when they had that situation, they didn't crumble you know they didn't come back the next time yeah and and worry about what happened before yeah kobe will go seven for 27 one night and next <laughs> 17 for 27 like he's gonna brush it off and keep shooting but yeah kobe mj those are high level practitioners but you know i mean they're high level but i, I think that they and, and it, their standard is one that um you know i think others you know can and should exemplified you know and something that we all can strive to achieve you know and it may not happen every time you know but even if it happens some of the time yeah that's something we can be grateful for. and then, yeah, and i think some people have are innately are able to be more mindful and, and be less distracted from the moment and some people have to work on it and that's why these all these apps and all these practice these mindfulness practices you can work on it and you can be in that situation and be cold-blooded just like mj just like Kobe. Mm -hmm. no that's awesome that's awesome that's yeah i mean you probably heard uh you know a lot of these high level athletes at the end of the game i, I often listen to the post game um press conferences and interviews and stuff like that because i really like to get into the mindset of, of the players in wins and in losses and the players that i find that are the most successful are the ones that you know, when they lose they lose with grace, you know, and, and you know, they, they give proper respect to you know, their opponent. Um, you know, they are truthful with themselves, you know, about their performance and, and they, you know, give proper kind of, you know, respect and courtesy to their, their teammates for still playing hard. Like they don't disparage their teammates, you know, their coaching staff or, you know, the, you know, the referees, they don't make a lot of excuses, you know, that's all gratitude, you know, it's appreciation for the game, appreciation for the opportunity in the moment. You hear them saying things like, you know, um, didn't play my best this time, but I'm gonna make sure that the next time, you know, I'm gonna play much better, you yeah. know, and, and that's the type of attitude I know is going to translate into greatness, into success. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what it's all about. That's what gratitude's about. Yeah, they're taking responsibility. Yeah. And then in wins, you know, um, you know, you notice that they're not taking all the credit for themselves. You know, they're giving credit where credit's due. They're, you know, showing a proper appreciation for, you know, their teammates, for the fans. You know, they're not getting too high, like, you know, like making it seem as if 
they accomplished something greater than they actually did. You know, it's just, hey, I did what I had to do, and now I'm on to the next. They often thank the Lord and Savior. They really do. And it's a mindset, you know. It's not something that, you know, they're just kind of, I think, doing for the cameras or for the, you know, it's it's a it's a practice, you know, something they that they kind of take in um, every day, you know, whether it's um, you know in preparation, you know, or in performance mode, you know, this is just kind of how they approach things, and I think that's what yields so much success. Yeah, no, I like that. I liked how you mentioned the the post game interview. I feel like sometimes some be, people like to be vi- the victim as opposed to you know accepting responsibility you know okay you know the ref might have blown the call but you got to be responsible you know yeah and when you're a victim that means you're not in control yeah you know? yeah you yeah have control of what's happening especially you know what you can be contro- in yeah. control of you know, which is your thoughts and your approach yeah so no, that's huge i like that i like that um to kind of wrap it up here or else we could go on hours and hours but we're definitely yeah. gonna, we're going to talk about several topics down the line in the future but What's a fun fact about you guys, you know, whoever wants to go first that people won't know? I mean, you know, let's say they, they look at your LinkedIn profile. What's something they won't find from your LinkedIn profile or your quick file? Something fun. <laughs> Just to let them know that, like, doc, doctors are humans, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I love snowboarding. Uh, I've been a couple times so far this year. Um, starting to hit some jumps. Yeah, trying some one eighties. Oh, uh, <laughs> I love music. not very good, not quite there yet. I love, I love music. Uh, that's like something that I'm really into, uh, and I've you know been oh, yeah, in one way it. or another. Yeah, in one way or another, I've been like um, you know a big either fan or performer performer um, in music most of my life. Like you know choirs growing up. You know, church choir and stuff like that, and oh, he sings a little bit on the podcast. Different, uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's something that you won't find on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, strong love for all kinds of music, all all different types of music country. all over the world. You know, I, there's country that I, I appreciate for sure. You know, it's not like my number one, but um, <laughs> I definitely appreciate country music, just like all the rest. So. <laughs> Uh, what about you man what about you um man, i don't know man I, I, i'm gonna go with this uh i do like me some country music once in a while some zach brown band oh, yeah. i don't know if that's considered right. country music <laughs> i'm with you honestly country music is like in recent years it's really like it's come on like it, it's starting to, to definitely like i don't know it's evolving a bit it, it feels like more soulful to me yeah um like the vocalists are, are like better. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, country's good stuff. I feel like a lot of music is just kind of merging a lot. Yeah. You know, it's not as distinct, they don't have as distinct as genres as they, they once did, you know. Yeah, I think uh, Florida Georgia Line, I remember they had a remix with like Nelly. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> that just yeah. came like hip hop in the country. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then like, I think, uh, I saw something wow. that uh, yeah. Diplo showed wow. up at Stagecoach. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah um, so I know, I know you guys mentioned uh, throughout this podcast, your podcast. So tell us more about your businesses, how we could find you, how they could reach you. Um, yeah, go for it. 
Sports MDs. Sports Psych MDs. Sports Psych MDs. Um, that's MDs as in medical doctors. That's where uh, we're on. Let's see, Stitcher Radio. We're on oh, Apple. Anywhere you can get a podcast. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Instagram, Spotify, Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got our social media. Um, yeah, but you know, the podcast right now is kind of the centerpiece. Um, I have a a private practice here in West LA called Latitude Mental Health, um, where I do sports and performance consulting, uh, mental performance consulting. And so that is an extension of sports, you know, this kind of sports psychiatry theme. So I have the podcast. I also have a uh, mental fitness program, a mental fitness mindfulness program that uh, I'm developing. It's going to launch this summer. Um, and it's another way of um, you know, delivering this narrative, this message, and you know, trying to, to improve lives through wellness and mental health programs. Yeah. Awesome. Right Perfect. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for having us. We've had a really good time. I've, I've, yeah. This has been fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been cool. Yeah, thank you guys for coming on. And then uh, we'll include all of your all this information in the media notes, so you could kind of you know get in contact if you guys want to seek some help, kind of learn more about mental health, and also just follow the podcast because sports psych MDs because kind of great little topic. Um, so for yeah, everyone that's listening. Also, um, you, you can also find our, our episodes on uh, www.latitudementalhealth.com or on my website. And um, we have a our website that's going to be uh, specific and unique to the sports MDs that's coming online also this summer. Oh yeah, and we're gonna get, we're gonna have to get you on one of our podcasts and talk about adjustment from injury. Yeah. Oh man, love to, love to, man. That'd be a good collaboration. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks again, everyone, for listening and following us. We hope you guys learned something from our discussion mm -hmm. today with the sports psych MDs. And hopefully you guys use this knowledge to get a leg up over the competition and maybe make those final free throws. Uh, we love to continue bringing information regarding all things basketball to a mass audience. So please rate us, subscribe, comment, and tell your friends. Let's ball for life. Thank you guys for coming on. Sports like MDs. Thanks for having us. It's been fun. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it.